Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Monday, January 9th, 2022. My name is JJ Jackson, and I proudly serve as the host of Lockdown Blue Devils. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast for a new episode every single weekday as we discuss everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. Also, you can find our show available on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the show daily. I love interacting with folks. I know the comment sections are always popping off when you're watching us on YouTube. So a lot to discuss here on today's show. And I'm going to be joined today by my good pal, Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. And we'll do that here in just a moment. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Duke victorious. They defeat Boston College by one over the weekend as the Blue Devils get back in the win column. And to join me on today's show, I've got my good pal, Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. I appreciate the time as always. It's our first chat in 2023 together, Connor. So happy new year to you, my friend, and thanks for taking the time. Thanks, JJ. Happy new year to you also and, and all the listeners out there. Yes, excited to talk about Duke men's basketball. Things did not go according to plan for the Blue Devils on Wednesday night in Raleigh. Uh, they had a turnaround this past weekend taking on Boston College on the road. Uh, big story going into the game was that Jeremy Roach did not play for Duke on Saturday against Boston College. What were the other things that kind of stood out to you big picture-wise from the game over the weekend? I think you've got to look at without Jeremy Roach, this team needs a, a go-to guy. Uh, and I think Derek Whitehead is stepping into that role. I've I've been impressed. Uh, we, we talked to Derek between the Florida State game and NC State game, and he talked about, uh, kind of echoed what John Shire said, that he kind of pressed a reset button there over Christmas break. He went home, uh, and he kind of gave some more detail about having an Aunt Mercedes who told him, like, it's time to basically be – you're finished being hurt. Like, that's not an excuse anymore. The the fracture in his foot was – could not be a reason that he did not look like himself anymore. And I think he's come back and played really impressively. Uh, I know he and everything else about Duke did not look right when they went to NC state, but seeing him hit four threes on the road at BC, uh, that's, that's an underrated place to play. A lot of that has to do with there's not much energy in there very much or very often, I should say. Um, it can kind of lull you to sleep. So you need somebody to come out and give you juice early. So that's what I was looking for going to the game. And I think he had, I think he had 13 of Duke's first 26 points, made his first five shots. He scored on the opening possession on a great backdoor cut with Ryan Young finding him. Like that kind of stuff, uh, you know, the 18 points at the end of the game, you can look at that and say, great, you can have a problem with him not scoring in the last, or only scoring two points in the last 19 minutes. But I look at what he did at the beginning that shows kind of his emergence and where he is moving forward with this team. It's so pivotal that Duke has good performances like this from Whitehead if they continue to want to improve. And they certainly do want to improve and be competitive come March, come the tournament. Such a talented roster just trying to get it all fit together. You mentioned those four three-pointers. I don't want it to be lost as well that he was able to knock down four three-point shots 
in that NC State game, too, earlier in the week. So four of seven against the Wolfpack and then four more makes from three-point range. We know about the athleticism. We know about his ability to put the ball on the deck, drive to the rim, finish through contact, and that sort of thing. But this three-point shooting dynamic for Whitehead, Connor, I think is so pivotal for Duke because there have certainly been a lot of moments throughout the season thus far where it feels like nobody can make a shot from the outside. And so to see those three-point shots falling for Derek, I think will be pivotal for Duke moving forward. It's huge to to have it happen on the road because I I didn't update the stats after the NC State game, but going into the NC State game, Duke was at about 38% three-point shooting at Cameron and in all in the in the one road game they'd played and then the six neutral site games or five neutral sites, something like that, uh, they were about 23%. So it's something where their home percentage, if you took that and uh, measured it against the rest of the country, they're like top 40, top 50 uh, percent. But when you look at away from Cameron, they're the worst team in the country shooting wise. Like nobody shoots what Duke shoots away from Cameron from three point range uh, for the whole season. So to be able to hit shots on the road, um, you're going to have to do it. Nobody is saying Duke should be a double-digit three-point team. I think we know that by now about this team. Like That is not a strength of this team. Uh, if they get double-digit makes, it's probably going to come at Cameron, and it's probably not going to come very often. But what they need to do is keep teams honest. Like They can't have everybody just pack it in, and Duke just beats their head against the wall. Uh, that that kind of brings to mind the Oregon State game, the, the 54-51 game, the first one out in Portland. Um, Duke has to be able to keep teams honest and, and hit the occasional corner three, hit a wide open three from the top of the key, like Flip has done a lot a lot in the first 10 games, not so much um, recently. So you've got to be able to hit the occasional shot. And that's, you know, it's even more important on the road. And I think we've seen that, you know, Again, everything about the NC State game, just flush it. But the BC game, uh, it happened. And, and you know, I think they were 6 of 17 in that game and uh, might have missed their last three or four. So it was a decent percentage. Um, and that opened things up inside. Duke is now a quarter of the way through ACC play so far this season. They are 3-2. and two. Funny enough, two of their first five games in ACC play have been against Boston College. They beat BC by 16 points at home in Cameron and then go on the road and defeat them by one point over this past weekend. Let's talk a little bit more about this weekend's game when we come back after our first time out here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn, a proud presenting sponsor of our podcast. LinkedIn wants to help you put together the best team possible as your small business continues to grow and you can surround yourself with great people when you use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to help you post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. Go to linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. And 
Connor, we're talking a little bit about this Duke victory against Boston College as they went 65-64. No Jeremy Roach from Duke, the junior captain point guard. What did that mean for the Blue Devils on Saturday, and what is it going to mean moving forward? It meant putting the ball in Tyrese Proctor's hands a lot and not necessarily having him do all that much other than facilitate and get Duke into offense. And moving forward, I think you can expect to see a heavy dose of teams pick Tyrese up uh, in the backcourt and try to force the ball out of his hands and make other guys start the offense. Uh, So I think that means Jalen Blakes, Derek Whitehead, um, maybe a little Jacob Grandison are going to wind up bringing the ball over half court. Uh, Mark Mitchell did it a couple times too. When you only have one ball handler, it's it's really difficult. And that was kind of the benefit of having Roach and Proctor together. Uh, both of them could get you up, set up and started in your offense. Um, and not to speak of, of how good of a scoring threat Jeremy is when he's healthy. Uh, we just – you don't really know about this team's backcourt when you take away Roach. There's just – there's a lot of inexperience. Uh, I know Jalen Blakes is a returning player, but – He's not really returning with much experience. Like you have to kind of, re- I've, I've had to remind myself a couple times. This is the first time Jalen Blakes has been in so many of these situations, right? Yeah. Uh, like I was, I was impressed with the fact that he came back and scored 17 points the second time, uh, just after the one breakout game on the other side of Christmas. So they, they need Jeremy back. They also need Jeremy back healthy. Uh, he clearly was bothered by that foot in the last three games. I think John Shire's already said that he's doubtful to play on Wednesday against Pitt. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. Um, Pitt has experienced guards, and Pitt has guards that are going to get into you. Pitt also yeah. is coming off a loss. They're going to be pretty fired up to play in Cameron. No doubt about that. And talking about this Duke team in particular, that backcourt, Jalen Blakes is somebody who stepped up in his sophomore season, consecutive 17-point outings. But then when you combine NC State earlier in the week, Boston College this past weekend, two points in each of those games. So from 34 combined points over two games to just four, a huge drop-off, and that's been turning up in the end result there for Duke, a lack of offense from the guards. Another day where Tyrese Proctor went 2 of 10 shooting, not the most efficient from the floor whatsoever, did have two three-point makes from the outside. But scoring-wise, I think Proctor's offense is another area uh, that a lot of people want to see improve because you know the talent is there, and he's still continuing to shoot free throws at a really high level. You're just wanting to see it all come together for Tyrese. Yeah, I think the I really think for as long as Jeremy is out, you're going to want to see Tyrese become more of you know to borrow the the football and quarterback term a game manager. Yeah, um, you're just going to want to have him play under control, have him not trying to do too much. Uh, I think that's where he's gotten in trouble is when he gets sped up and when he gets to over penetrating and, and trying to make a, you know, a a 10 cent pass when a five cent pass can get a bucket. Um, It's, you know, I, I've kind of the, one of my football um, vendettas, I guess, is to get people to understand that it's not a bad thing to call a quarterback, a game manager, (laughs) because if you're managing a game, you're probably putting your team in position to win. I think that's all Duke needs out of Tyrese Proctor right now. As long as he is going to be the primary ball handler, as long as he's going to, you know, be the only ball handler on the court a lot of times, you just – you need no mistakes more than you need him to be going for 12, 
15, 18 points, that kind of thing. So I, I would pay a lot more attention to his turnover number than his points, uh, at least for as long as Jeremy's out. We'll see what Proctor can do as he moves forward. Duke had three players in double figures in the win on Saturday in 65-64, the final score for Duke over Boston College. Dariq Whitehead led the way with 18 points. Kyle Filipowski had 15. Mark Mitchell added 14. What did you think of Filipowski and Mitchell's performance? I thought it was important for Flip to kind of get back on track. Uh, that was a huge play that he made to, to win the game. No I kidding. Mean, let's, let's not let that get lost uh, in, in just talking about a 15-point game for him. I mean, that was Ryan Young uh, lost the ball on the way up, and BC has the ball up one. And Kyle Filipowski comes over and kind of swipes it loose and and gets fouled going up and and then is clutch enough to make two free throws to win the game. Uh, I think look, like what twelve seconds left or so. Right. Uh, that's a huge play for a freshman to make, and it's especially a huge play for a freshman to make for a guy who was struggling immensely. Um, you know he he did have fourteen points and eight rebounds against NC State. Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but everything about that NC State game was just kind of moved to the side given the result and given how Duke looked in general. So I'm still thinking of it as Kyle Filipowski is coming off the six-point game against Florida State, nine points, five turnovers uh, at Wake Forest before the break. So to see him kind of get his legs back under him uh, – that's huge moving forward. I, I I still think this team cannot be at their best if it's not getting um, maybe not a double-double, but you need him in double-figure scoring. You need him to be a force on the glass, uh, play well defensively on the perimeter. Uh, and lo and behold, I, I actually – he had, uh, if I'm looking at this correctly, three blocks. And that is maybe the most encouraging thing to me. I've, yeah. I've kind of – I've been a little harsh on him. I've kind of thought he's not as good of a shot blocker as he should be given his height. Um, he actually he, – he showed me up. He showed me wrong. Um, he was a force inside when he had to be against BC. Kyle Filipowski, big day there. 15 points, three blocks, nine rebounds, as you said. And then Mark Mitchell had three blocks on the defensive end too uh, to go along with 14 points four of six from the floor, six of seven from the free throw line for the freshman Mark Mitchell. Uh, he continues to be someone who kind of is a, a jack of all trades, so to speak, for the Duke basketball team. I really do appreciate his game and uh, another player that Duke wants to continue to be productive as they make their way further into ACC competition. Yeah, I didn't mean to skip over Mark. Uh, he's He makes a difference for this team when he's aggressive. Uh, when he is attacking off the dribble, when he's able to get into the paint and make a play off two feet, uh, it makes a world of difference for this team. And sometimes it's there. And when it's there, it feels like he's going to give you, you know, that 12, 14, 16 point game that is a really big boost. When it's not, man, he's just he's kind of all over the place. Um, and, it, and his production is really low. It's it's inconsistency that I think you – that comes with being a freshman, right? Yeah. Um, I, at this point, you know, you can 
you can fall into the Duke trap of looking ahead and every it's, it's all about, well, which one of these guys are one and dones, which ones are actually <laughs> going to be back next year. Uh, I would hope he's back next year. Like I think he can become more consistent with that and really be a force. But at this point, it's just a little inconsistent. So when Duke does get those games from him where he's attacking off the bounce, when he's getting into the paint uh, without losing the ball, man, it, it opens things up. It spaces the floor because the defense collapses. Um, he's Duke needs that on a consistent basis. And like I said, when they get it, they have to take advantage of it. Let's take our final timeout of today's show, and then we'll get back for more of our conversation here, talking all things Duke basketball on Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils today is brought to you by our very good friends over at Bet Online. We want them to be your number one betting partner, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends on every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to the national championship game tonight, the Georgia Bulldogs, the TCU Horn Frogs, Bet Online has the Georgia Bulldogs favored by 12 and a half to win the Natty. We've got all of that and more at Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well, as we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated. Uh, let's start there for a second. National championship game tonight, Georgia TCU. Can TCU keep it close? Gosh, I, after the two semifinal games, I'm just hoping that it's within 12 and a half. That lot <laughs> is huge. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to be in a position of overlooking TCU like like Michigan did. Uh, like, like it felt like half the Big 12 did this year. Yes, they did. Man, Georgia just feels like it's it's the machine. Um, I'm there with you. Kirby has kind of created Alabama 2.0. It feels like they're going to win. I think I think you're right on for that. Absolutely. So we'll see. National championship game coming up a little bit later tonight. All right, you run Devils Illustrated though, uh, along with Deacons Illustrated, do a remarkable coverage there uh, within the Rivals family of networks. Tell me a little bit about the site, Connor. What can folks find there? Yeah, so duke.rivals.com. Um, we've got a from a couple of days ago a, a feature that I was talking about with Derek Whitehead about getting his boost from from his mom or uh, not his mom, his aunt Mercedes, uh, and and kind of him pressing a reset button. That was a really fun feature to work on. Um, and then we're grinding out preview stuff. I mean, the the game previews are really in depth. Uh, I'm giving you Ken Palm numbers. I'm giving you Evan Maya numbers. Uh, we've got recruiting info. Um, I feel like we have something about every week or two on the Boozer twins, uh, the, the class of 2025. So that, <laughs> that feels like it's an age away, but sure. really they, they could be in Durham uh, in just a few years. So we've got a lot going on uh, and I, I hope some people will check me out. Yeah, we love all of the recruiting updates that we can get, that's for sure. And hopefully the Boozer Twins do end up in Durham playing for the Stuke basketball team. So we talk about the Stuke team moving forward. A big week ahead, Connor, uh, for Duke. They've got Pitt and then uh, a trip to Clemson this upcoming Saturday. Tell me a little bit about where Duke is right now um, and whether or not you think the Stuke team can kind of get back on track and get back to playing like one of the top 10, 15 teams in the country. This is a big stretch, and if they're going to get back to playing like a top 10 or 15 team, 
they have to win these two this week, and then they get a week off, and then they play host to Miami, who I kind of think still is the the best team in the conference, even though they've lost to Georgia Tech, and Pitt and Clemson just had that big showdown over the weekend as unbeaten teams in league play. Um, those are Duke's next three games. Like, this is – it's kind of show me time for Duke. Um, they're going to have two games against Carolina. Carolina, I had the opportunity to see in person when they played Wake on Wednesday night. Um, they're they've kind of figured things out, at least in my mind. Uh, so those are going to be big games toward the end of the year. But but these three, um, you've got to be able to beat Pitt at home. You've got to protect your home court. Duke is, I think, eight zero at Cameron this year. I know they haven't lost yet. Uh, which is a little interesting to me because it's felt like the Cameron crowds have kind of taken a step back from where they were last year. Uh, And part of that probably has to do with coach K part of it has to do with last year was their first time getting back in the building after COVID. So, you know, they were going to be really, really amped up Um, this year. It's felt like Duke has not had that big of a home court advantage Maybe that changes now that the now that the semester started, now that you've got students back on campus, and now that they're ACC games. They're not playing, you know, Jacksonville, Delaware, and Bellarmine. <laughs> no, no offense to those schools, but you're you're getting the I think eleven and five eleven and five pit team. They're four and one. They're above you in the conference standings. That should be a big turnout. That should be a pretty raucous environment. Um, and then going down to Clemson. I mean, Clemson. I, I like to think like I was on Clemson early. Like I had PJ Hall on my all ACC preseason team. Um, they're getting great contributions from their other guys around him to the point where he might not be their best player on their team anymore. Like Chase Hunter is really good. Hunter Tyson has put up several 20 point games this year. Uh, they shoot the hell out of the ball. Like they're one of the best three point shooting teams in the country. So Duke is going to have to, you know, that was yeah. one of the big things we needed to see against BC was would Duke's defense travel. And to an extent, like, you would have liked to see defense for the whole game and not just, what was it, a 28 to 32 minutes of it. You know, yeah. BC, BC scored there at the end. That's how it went from a 14-point lead to a one-point deficit. But your, your defense is really going to have to travel down there to Clemson. Big week coming up for Duke. We'll see if they can get it going again starting uh, on Wednesday with the home game against Pitt. Always fun for Jeff Capel to come back to town, his first mono-e-mono matchup against John Shire. So looking forward to that. And then a Clemson game this upcoming Saturday. And all of the coverage can be found at duke.rivals.com. Connor, it is always a blessing to have you here with us on the podcast. Thanks again for taking the time uh, to join me here today. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, JJ. Uh, that's my good pal Connor O'Neill joining us once again here on Locked On Blue Devils. Always appreciate his thoughts and insights. Make sure that you're checking out everything that he's got going on there again at duke.rivals.com. That's going to do it for today's show. Once again, follow us wherever you get your podcast, Locked On Blue Devils. Press subscribe, subscribe on YouTube as well. We're on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. We'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.